0: hello and welcome to bad romance happy new year
1: happy new year everyone i'm I'm back
0: i'm back i'm Jordan
1: searles and i'm broadwood isaac
0: and we decided that we were going to start off the year by talking about a good romance truly
1: a novel concept
0: yeah. Yeah. No, they exist. They, they exist. And um, this is also uh, like a film that I was planning on writing a review of and then I never got to. And so this is kind of my way of giving this film the due that it deserves. And it's 2017's The Big Sick.
1: It's an excellent, excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, you should. You should see it so that you can listen to this and like really dive in with us.
0: And The Big Sick was written by husband and wife team Kumail Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon. And that is, and it's the sweetest thing. And I actually saw it, um... I think I saw it like on like the premiere day at the Regal because I showed up at the Regal with my friend and Kumel and Emily were there and I met them and they were really sweet and Emily is gorgeous and tall and wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were like, and crush. <laughs> crush activated. <laughs> Uh, what about what about Kamai? Was he cute?
0: Yeah, he was. He was he was sweet and he was Aww. charming. And I was with my friend Raji, and she completely freaked out, took a picture with him, and then she like put it on Facebook. And her mom was like, "Oh my god!" Like her mom was freaking out. Was oh, I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. When you get the mom freak out on Facebook, you know you've made it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it a month ago. I d- I did not meet them when I saw it, but I did um spend the night spying on their twitters afterwards mm-hmm. in like an admiring way Just wanting to like get to know them better, you know.
0: Yeah, Emily, Emily. I followed Emily on Twitter. Well, I I think I was already following her, and then she followed me like after we met, and I was just like, oh my god, this is this is a follow that I treasure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like if she ever (laughs) unfollows me, it's gonna be. It's like one of those unfollows you'll really notice. Like sometimes you're like, oh, I lost a few followers, but you're just like, okay, weird. And Sometimes you're like, I lost this one follower. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Why? How did I hurt them?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Ali Sheedy also follows me, and it's going to hurt my heart if she ever unfollows me.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that would <laughs> hurt my heart.
0: <laughs> what a wonderful... I'm trying to think
1: of any follows I have that are like that. Like, besides, obviously, like, if friends unfollowed me, that would bum me out. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah, I'll I've have had to get friends back.
0: unfollow me before. That's so weird. It's just like, I still see you. Around. Yeah, exactly.
1: And like, sometimes I know they're doing it for their Twitter numbers, but I'm like, I'm actually your friend. I feel like there's other people you could unfollow. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but my Twitter numbers aren't great as far as percentage. Cause I always follow people back. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sweet follower. I'm like, Oh, we have a friendship, but then it like makes my numbers look bad. You know? <laughs> yeah um, i don't know the world is trash and right everything's a mirage but so. you
0: know what's wonderful is the big sick which is uh, um you know as i said co-written by emily and kamal and um directed by michael shawalter one of those uh stella guys the wet hot american summer
1: guys those dudes you know you fans of those those people i can fuck with them yeah yeah it depends yeah. on the film but yeah, I fuck with them. Yeah, yeah. And this this is like a good example of why they're fuck withable. Yeah, yeah. Michael Showalter's fuck withability. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so yeah. Like you said, it's it's based on a true story of how they met, and it's not the meet cute you would expect. Um, which is why it makes this film so compelling, uh, as a rom com because it stands out in the sense that the story is about. Well, let's see. They they first meet because um, Kamai is doing a a set and Emily's in the audience, and she heckles him, which any comedian or really any performer knows is like the cardinal sin. Like that is not you should not go heckle someone if you want to meet the love of your life. Normally, yeah. But in this case, the heckle leads to uh, an after show flirt flirtation. I can't remember. Do they exchange numbers at that point or is that just their first? I think, I think that they do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that they do. Um, also, uh, just before we go forward, you're saying Kumai. I said Kumel. Are you the right? Are you the correct one? Oh,
1: I have no idea. I was assuming I was doing it wrong. <laughs>
0: Kumel. <laughs> I I know. I don't know if should it's I Kumel. Google it? No. I yeah. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I was looking. If, if he listens, I don't want him to think like I don't know who he is. No, you know?
0: I don't think that at all. I don't know. I just want to like come. I just want to. No. Have a yeah. Con-
1: I was. I was actually thinking. I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm totally googling this because you okay. know what? Uh, that's that. Yeah. And, and I'm just curious.
0: Google, Google, Google.
1: Oh, pro tip. My name is pronounced exactly how it's spelled. So, Kumail. Kumel. Kumail. Okay. Kumel. Cool. <laughs> I just did that on our podcast. Um,
0: <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I just didn't, I didn't know, because I didn't know if I was like making an assumption. And I just want to get this right. People get my name wrong all the time. Um...
1: Yeah, even though it's
0: way more straightforward, <laughs> yeah, people
1: get my name wrong too, which is why I'm like, yeah, verification is important, yeah,
0: it, it's really, it's, I, I think, but yeah, this movie has a really cute beginning because it's really the first time I've ever seen like a positive heckling,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I admittedly, I don't remember exactly what she says, uh, but it turns into a back and forth, it turns into a crowd work. So it's not like she's like, boo, you suck. It's like, I, yeah, I can't remember what she leads with, but they they have a flirtatious back and forth and she gets a bigger laugh than him at one point, which is another thing that comedians normally hate. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And we should say that um, Kumal plays himself, um, but Emily is played by Zoe Kazan, who is... One of my favorite actresses and also one of the best Twitter accounts that you can follow since we're talking about Twitter. She's great. She is great. Yeah. And I she think she's dating it. Paul Dano, which like, I, they're private, but like, I, I hope that they're still together because that's cute.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that should exist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they and so they start like a pl- um they start their flirtation and also Kamel is an Uber driver <laughs> too. So there's like I there's like a scene where he like drives her home <laughs> with his car, you know? Um there yeah. are a lot of scenes where he's just like driving people like as an Uber driver to the point where I can't tell when he's just like going somewhere or just yeah. like driving someone.
1: Yeah, because she's in the back. Like I think even on their first date. He like she's in the sitting in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that like opens up the shot so that you're not sure if they're on a date. And then and they're not sure if they're on a date. But basically the heckle happens. He is supposed to be, I think, in Chicago at that point. Yeah, they're in Chicago. Yeah. And then um he's about to make the leap to New
0: York. Well, that happens a little bit later. Like he has two friends, um, played by uh AD Bryant and Bo Burnham um Bo Burnham which is one of my favorite male comedians that's a very short list um (laughs) (laughs) and they um and they're just like in it's kind of like they have another friend who's like not really that great at comedy who's played by uh oh man I'm uh, this is a name that I'm gonna have trouble with too what is it Kurt Bronner Bronner Bronnerler Braun-er. the dude who used to host bunk
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 i'm looking at <laughs> the him his name is his name is pretty amazing it, but yeah. yeah no it's amazing yeah
0: he's he's a good comedian playing a bad comedian which is always fun um, yes, it is. <laughs> and so, yeah, those are like his friends, and his two friends, um, A.D. Brain and Bo Burnham, are the good ones. And you know, they're they're making moves, like they're trying, they're getting further in their career, and they want to take Kumail with them. And also, there's a mo- there's a running theme in it where he's working on his tape for the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival, and his love story gets in the way of that. <laughs> yes, these two. Yeah cuz he ends up spoilers he he ends up blowing his audition for just for laughs. And you know, I just realized while we're describing this this is really weird because we're both comedians and like it's like we're trying to describe how comedy works and like it's just like stuff that we already know.
1: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's hard to have perspective on it because it's like are we explaining really obvious things or, to yeah, everyone, are, we being or are we being too insider about it
0: yeah because it's just like we're yeah it seems like matter of fact is like usually when we explain plots like we're like in depth and we're like asking questions and now we're just like yeah the comedians did the comedian thing the yeah comedian exactly thing.
1: like <laughs> like obviously they're they're trying out for just for laughs that's what people do because that's one of the like two to three festivals where you know there's going to be a bunch of industry there have you ever tried out for just for laughs nope neither of us <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I just
1: never... <laughs> I'm also, like, really bad about applying to festivals because I'd just rather go to the city and do shows. Yeah. But, of course, when I go to a city and do shows, there's not industry there, so I understand it's, you know, it's still a difference. But, um, yeah, that's... I I, I think, I mean, a lot of comedians that I interacted with about this movie loved how realistic that aspect was, like, how... I guess just showing it because right now comedy is very popular on television and like, like showing up. there's crashing, there's marvelous Mrs. Maisel there's I'm dying up here. There's all these different depictions and big sick was nice because obviously he's a standup comedian. It's about his life. Um, so it's showing that, but, uh, I don't know. It just felt realistic. It wasn't trying to say anything about that. It wasn't about whether he was good or bad or they were or his friends were good or bad or whether the scene was killing it or whether it was unfair. But um, it just felt like a nice portrait. Whereas I feel like these other shows are trying to prove something.
0: Yeah. A lot of stuff (laughs) Um, about comedy is weird. Like another film about um, a stand up comic that I like is Obvious Child. And it's like Oh, I love I love Obvious Child. Yeah, and it's pretty accurate too, except the fact that like she like plays in the same play. Like it, is it just like a bar that she just like it's does a, she have a residency? It's a
1: bar. Yeah. Have you seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel?
0: Mm, I've seen the pilot. I haven't seen the rest oh, of it. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. It just made me think of that too because both uh, Obvious Child and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel have the protagonist pretty much only perform one place. But they're both bars, so it's not like a club. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's
0: it's an interesting thing where it's just like you just have like you're just playing at the same place all the time. I mean, yeah, I guess the big sick kind of does that too. But yeah, yeah, what is it? (laughs)
1: Like, like I I feel like from a set perspective, it's just like oh, they just didn't try to dress it up as another venue. Yeah, and I get that, but like, unless you're producing a show, like, sure, there are definitely venues. Like there's venues I can say, oh, I perform the most at these three or four bars, you know, that that is a real thing. But it is interesting to have them at the same place because that's not how it works. You're normally running around. (laughs)
0: yeah i mean like Uh, i host a monthly show and that's why i'm there every month but like otherwise it's it's always interesting like i just think it kind of streamlines things but i will say that like if you're if you want to know something about stand-up comedy it's just that you're going to be playing you're going to be performing in a million different places all the time unless you get like like one of those like you know, you're going to be at Caroline's for this amount of time. Yeah, like if you're headlining
1: or featuring somewhere for a weekend, and even so, it's like a weekend or a week at a time, tops. Yeah. Um, And then you're on to the next, so... That is an interesting thing cuz it makes it seem way more uh, centered. <laughs> yeah, it's right? just like this is
0: where you go. This is where you meet the people. Like, this comedy is where does you meet. not
1: feel that centered. I might yeah. if it was about mics that would be different cuz mics are the same place every week. Right. And if you're going to mics to work on stuff then you're like, yeah, I am at this bar once or twice a week. So Yeah. We again, I know we're getting into the we're, logistics of comedy and that might be really boring to you or that might be like your total bread and butter. But yeah, it's hard to It's, it's hard a really to know. important part of this movie, so... <laughs> it
0: is. And we're, we're
1: not going to escape it.
0: <laughs> and this isn't really a normal episode, because I don't even feel like it's necessary for us to go through the entire plot of The Big Sick. I would much rather talk about why The Big Sick is good and, you know, how it is kind of like the antithesis to a lot of the other films that we've talked about. Like, one thing that I was thinking about after watching The Big Sick was... Um, just, like, how sincere it is about everything.
1: Yes. Yes. It doesn't try to be deeper than it is, and it doesn't make fun of itself. Like, it doesn't shirk away from vulnerability, and I like that. Like, it doesn't have to couch real feelings in comedy, even though there's comedy there and there's real feelings there. It just is. It it lets itself exist yeah. as a portrait.
0: And I think that it, I mean, it, you know one of its hugest strengths is just that it is written about a couple, written by a couple about this couple. And, I mean, it helps that they know each other and they know how the characters sh- should be and they know what to portray and what not to portray. But it's just, like, you can, you can tell there's, there's, like, a respect for both people. Like sometimes we'll watch a rom-com and it feels like there's just like this general disrespect for men or we'll watch one and there'll be like a general disrespect for women. This is one where it's not like one of those like men are from Mars, women are from Venus things. Like it's very much like these are people and the major difference being the racial and religious differences are also handled very well in my opinion. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because it's not... I mean like a big part of the plot is the fact that his parents like want him uh is that he's like really nervous about introducing her to his parents because he a has to admit that he's not actively muslim himself. Yeah. Um and so that's like huge. Um and then part of that of course is um that she is white and from a I don't think her she's family's from, She's from North Carolina. Yeah. Like, they're not religious or anything. They're just, like, you know, white American people from the South. Yeah. And so there's this whole thing where his parents, you know, want him to marry a Muslim woman. Um, and, like, hope I, I, it doesn't clarify whether she has to also be from Pakistan, but they definitely want her... Like, they're introducing him to Muslim women who many are also from immigrant families. And so, like, him being with Emily is a big deal. But the way it handles it isn't like... It doesn't otherwise well I can't speak but like it doesn't otherize in the way that a lot of these kinds of movies do where either his family's a punchline or like Emily's family's a punchline they're all people
0: yeah and I mean I do think that it's important to say because it was it was a big point um in a lot of um Muslim American women um were weighing in on the depiction of uh Muslim women Pakistani women in the film and uh There were a few pieces written about how they felt like they were stereotyped and um, basically talking about how it's easier for America to accept a secular Muslim story, secular male Muslim story. And um, I'm not really here to... Uh, weigh in because it is not my place. Yeah. I'm just letting you know that those those pieces are out there, those counterpoints are out there, and I think that they're valid and worth looking at. Um, so I don't want to make any bones about that. I think that that's important, and I think that like if this had been um, a story about like a guy, <laughs> a, a, a black Southern guy who wanted to be with like I don't know, like a white Northern girl, and it was just like a bunch of black Southern girls and you got to see a lot of them and you didn't really get to know them very well. I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd write about that. So (laughs) yeah, that's, yeah,
1: (laughs) definitely. And I don't want my, like, like by me saying, you know, that I think it depicts everyone like more three-dimensional, definitely not trying to put that on that dynamic because like you said, it's not my place to weigh in. And, and yeah, the, The dating shots are supposed to be comical, so they don't really give the women a chance to be developed... yeah I mean and and and
0: those parts are and those parts are funny I like you know the truth is out there is one of my favorite lines It's
1: I love her like I loved her and I thought
0: that and I will say I like I will stand up for these women like I thought that a lot of them were great like this girl like finds out that um finds out that Kumel is into the X-Files she watches the X-Files and she just like shows up prepared and I'm just like I have never
1: I was like in love with her based (laughs) on that I was like uh she's Amazing. <laughs> like she was super funny and, like beautiful and awesome, you know, so, yeah, it yeah, it totally makes sense that that's like that is a thing to talk about, and
0: uh one of the best, um one of like because basically, his Kumel's mom keeps on setting him up on like all of these dates with all these different women. and he doesn't really want to be with any of them because, you know, he's already in love with Emily. And so like a lot of them don't really get um, a lot of them just like get kind of like one off things. But um, I thought that they were all like really interesting and everyone was funny. Um, yeah. And uh, but especially the um, the character played by um, Vela Lavelle. She plays a character named Khadijah and um velvel number 1 she's great she's on crazy ex girlfriend um yes. and she's hilarious on it she's great i love yeah. Her on that yeah and i loved her i loved her in the film and she's one of the few of like um one of one of the dates that's basically just like calls Kumel out for his behavior and for stringing her along. And she gets like, a, she gets a really good scene. I, I really thought that she was good in it.
1: Yeah, she does. She calls him out on his BS and she's like, Oh, you didn't even want to like date, like stop lying. Like you're wasting <laughs> my time basically. Like, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. and Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, um, who plays Emily's parents, uh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. And they're great. They're great. They're hilarious. Um, like, they're they're such, like, a lived-in couple. There's so many, like, wacky parents in these things. And those were just, like, they felt like real people. Oh,
1: God, they did. And it's like, Holly Hunter can fucking act. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, she just acts the shit out of everything I've seen her in. And, and Ray Romano is, like, I mean, we know America knows him as being a wacky dad that is, like, that feels real Still Like and yeah. he's not a Kevin James No offense Kevin James But like Yeah He feels more earthy Than Kevin James uh, And their
0: backstory Like it works Like sometimes when you hear Like we're from here We're from there It just sounds like bullshit But it's yeah. like You hear Holly Hunter Talk about like Yeah I was like a You know I was like a southern girl in North Carolina And you know Ray Romano He was from New York And he was a professor And my family hated them And that entire like backstory Like it totally makes sense Like they're actually. Accents match up. Their backstories match. Like yep. everything. I was just surprised. Like I was just like, everything is so consistent. Like it's like I'm watching a real movie. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It It really, their relationship was so well done. So well acted. And again, it really does speak back to the fact that Kamai and Emily, Kuma, I like how now I'm just saying his name wrong because <laughs> I've been saying it right. Um, Kamai and Emily's writing Um <clears throat> Like they're writing about her parents and his parents, and so obviously they're going to make them really three dimensional and pay attention to the details that matter. Yeah, although I I, I don't feel like we get it. We really don't get as much time with his parents. We don't. Yeah, I was I
0: was going to get to that because I don't even know those actors' names and it made me feel bad. I felt bad
1: too because I wanted to have as much of a relationship with them as I had with her parents.
0: Yeah and we don't really because they're very much like they're written as you know traditional and they're like little character notes here and there. Like I think that they're really I think that they're really sweet parents for most of it Um, and then the end happens
1: uh, Yeah (laughs) Um.
0: But um Oh yeah, and there's the brother. The brother's cute too.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. He can get it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Important critique. Important <laughs> critique. He can get it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and so yeah, basically, you know, for mo- we see we see them dating, and we see one of the best like first date scenes ever, where Kumel is trying to get Emily to watch a movie, and he's just like staring at her, just like trying to see how she'll react, and it was just like this is. Like, I think a lot of women really, like, can identify with uh, Emily in that moment. I... Was identifying with Kamal in that moment because I have done that and I felt very seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Where it's just like, yeah, I'll bring a dude on a date and I'll put on a movie for them and I'll just stare at them. One time I did that with like True Romance. I took, I brought a guy to my room and I had him watch True Romance and I just stared at like him reacting to every scene. Like and a you're maniac. like low key
1: judging him like for his reactions, <laughs> like and hoping they're right. <laughs> she she totally calls him out in that yeah. scene too. She's like, "Dude, this is your litmus test, isn't it?" Like, fuck that. And yeah. he's like, "No, it's not, but it totally is." And that again, that was that notes like that were what made this movie feel real because it wasn't about men do this and women feel this way. It was just this happens. This happened with this couple. This is a very real dynamic that is like funny but also like annoying and yeah neat, and like they both were so endearing about it yeah uh, y- y- I feel
0: like because rom-coms are known to be cheesy a lot of rom-coms that have been that have been written in like now especially like the last 10 years have been very reactionary to the tropes of the genre yes. and, um, That's, it, and yeah and and usually that meta-ness does not work out because the writers aren't really skilled enough to really finesse it and um a great example of kind of like what i consider to be the mountaintop for this kind of stuff is um they came together david wayne's they came together like i kind of felt like after they came together it was time to come back to sincerity because i mean what can you do After a guy has made an entire movie about how rom-coms don't make any sense. I don't know if you've seen They Came Together. I haven't, no. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a David Wayne thing, and it's like, I think it's like, who is in They Came Together? I think it's Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. Oh, man, if I'm wrong and it's not Paul Rudd, I'm going to feel bad. (laughs) I'm going to feel I'm gonna at him <laughs> I'll Tell him I messed up <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it is Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd Yeah, it is a completely And it's also produced by Michael Sherwalter And co-written by Michael Sherwalter Well, there so, we yeah. go, hey, Michael yeah. It's your day Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> And I almost feel like I'm, yeah Well, now, now, like, it seems even more linear Because after they came together You have to do something sincere Like, what else are you going to do? yeah because you know it it, it played on like all the tropes like it was just like Amy Poehler had one of those like weird like quirky like adorable like lady jobs and it was like about like candy or something right like
1: (laughs) I make you know mittens for cats yeah yeah. like that kind of thing that's in rom-coms yeah it was like the whole thing like you (laughs) should like she's successful but don't worry it's this weird feminine thing so you're not threatened
0: (laughs) yeah and there's like a scene where they like go to dinner like I think the whole film (laughs) is like framed around them like going to dinner and talking to another couple of how they met and the other couple like hates each other and they're waiting for the story to end, like I think that that's how it goes. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> I want it from the other couple's perspective where they're just like, fuck this.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's like, <clears throat> I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like one of the things that the big sick made me feel like right after, right after I saw it was just that like, have I been, has my writing, because, you know, I write I, I write sitcoms and stuff like that. Has my writing been bad recently? Bad, in my opinion. Because I'm too afraid to tell a sincere story and, like, we're just, like, slathered in all of these, like, layers of irony. <laughs> it's,
1: that's it's, a good question. I mean, that's something I've asked myself, too, in my writing. and And as I think about developing ideas, like, finding that line between, you know getting the punchlines in you want and also just being honest
0: <laughs> yeah it's scary it is <laughs> and and i think because this was a really really successful film especially considering that like it was a small budget i think it was made for like five million dollars or something like that oh very, wow s- very small budget like this is a very very successful film um i mean part of it's because kumel and emily were Just, like, the way in which they talked about it, they're just like, this is our story. We love this story. We want as many people as possible to see the story. We want it to be in as many theaters as possible. Like, this very, like, kind, like, like grassroots kind of advertising. And it all just comes from... They just wanted people to see the movie. They wanted people to watch the story and feel it and, you know, see something that's kind and sincere and true and and not something that, you know, I mean, it's one of the least Hollywood, Hollywood things that I've ever seen, honestly. Yeah, yeah, because totally. it's, Because it's just, like, and it doesn't even really, like, and it doesn't, like, especially, like, with the ending, where it's just, like, we're not going to end specifically with, like, them, like, coming, like, having this, like, huge embrace or, like, getting married. We're going to end with being,
1: like, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, and it, and that's how... Love goes. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't wrap itself up nicely even when it does go nicely. And, and oh my
0: god. And uh it's <laughs> Kyle like got misty eyed by the way. Like he's not on this Aww. episode, but I just need people to know. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kyle, he got misty eyed. Um Yeah, it it was just um Um especially the scenes. In the hospital.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, so we like like we said, we're not only detail all the but she does basically she gets they go on some dates, they have a falling out because she finds out that he has this box full of pictures of women he's been on dates with that his mom's been setting up with and she never he never told her about that and he never told her that he thinks his parents would be disappointed if they got if they date. And basically she's like, Oh, I'm a secret and you're not you don't take me seriously, so they stop seeing each other. Um then And then she
0: and then she gets sick and yeah. her friend like finds his number in in her context and her friend is just like she she's
1: just she wanted was, to let you know she's like in the hospital and we're really worried about her.
0: Yeah, and he goes and he's st- and he stays with her. And it's just one of the most like heart-wrenching things he just stays with her and he you know signs a form as her husband to get her put into a medically induced coma and you know and it's just like you see him spend all this time with her and feel like all these like emotions and you know kind of like dealing with being being a piece of shit to her which he totally was yeah and then her parents show up and they're just like why are you here you broke her heart
1: yeah and they're like why did you sign her into the the coma like that that's our decision and he's just like well no one else was here and i want her to be you know i want her to survive and so he like that's how he meets her parents
0: yeah and it's kind and, of like a it's kind of almost like it's a love story between them but it's also kind of a love story with like him and her parents yeah like they really get to know each other
1: it's really tender there's so many tender moments between him and his parents when like you know, their first, their initial response is like, fuck you. But they're also worried about their daughter. And so they don't have the energy to actually hate him. They're just kind of like, why are you here? And then they naturally, they see how much he cares because he just won't leave. Um, And not yeah. in the, not in the rom-com, you know, stalker way, just in the like, well, I'm going to be here because I'm really worried about her. Um, And of course, that touches the parents. Um, Yeah. And they, they share stories, they he don't they does he go what house are they staying at? They stay at Emily's house. Yeah, or they something? stay at Emily's place. Yeah. Oh my
0: god. And also, oh my god, so there's a scene where he's where he's doing stand-up and some guy like says some Islamophobic, you know, racist shit. And Holly Hunter is just ready to beat that ass. And oh she my god. Yelling, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the JFL recording? Yeah. So okay, so No no no. I think it's before that. But is anyway, it Before that. Ahead. Okay, he so one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, in fact, I think it's my favorite scene, doesn't actually even have Emily in it. But it's uh <laughs> after he after he's bonded with the parents. Uh, has a show and you can tell he doesn't want them to go. And I completely understand this feeling. Um, when you don't really know how a show is going to go and you don't like, especially parent parental figures, uh, whether they're yours or not, it's just a different experience having them see you do comedy. Yeah. And so I love watching him try to talk them out of going and they don't understand how comedy works. So they're like, Oh, so you're headlining like, how much are you getting paid? And it's obvious that he's just doing a bar show and like, you know, going to do eight ten minutes. And so he kind of lies to them and acts like he's headlining and then they end up coming. And so he like asks the booker for a favor to do a longer set. And then of course in the middle of it, he gets heckled and then, and then uh, Emily's mom, AKA Holly Hunter goes ham on the racist heckler, which is so endearing and wonderful but also like totally an example of like that feeling when you're a comedian or performer and somebody's there who doesn't know the etiquette like rather than letting him handle it she like completely (laughs) goes in (laughs) and I just like oh I just felt so many feelings like on one hand I'm like yes yes Yes, Holly, but on the other hand, I'm like, oh man, he's so embarrassed and he just wants her to stop so he can do his set. And it's <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. It's so yeah. real. And then they leave. The the parents leave like early before the end of the show. It's just so good. It's,
0: yeah, it's it's uh, so good. It's one of it's one of the best things that I've ever seen. Like actually now, I'm thinking there needs to be like a YouTube video of that so that I can rewatch that scene that when I'm scene, feeling sad.
1: That scene has so many different dynamics at once. And it hits all of them perfectly. Like having parents see you do a set, whether they're yours or not, or having anyone that you're not really trying to have see you do comedy. Um, Being on a show where you, like, you already felt a little weird and now you feel extra weird – Having a heckler, having someone, oh, just there's so much there. Yeah, it's so I just,
0: yeah. I mean, and I obviously my like, scene. and I've been, of course, I've been heckled, and I'm sure you've been heckled. Before. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a very like visceral reaction.
1: <laughs> yeah, like. I, I've been heckled before, where there was a good friend in the audience who I could see like almost wanted to be a Holly Hunter, and I'm glad they weren't because <laughs> I'd rather deal with it on my own. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um,
0: we should talk a little bit about Zoe Zoe Kazan's performance as Emily because it's really um one of. One of the most like subtle performances, like because it's very easy, you know, to fall into like a twee thing. Like Emily, she likes birds, and she's like she's sweet. And there's oh my god, one of one of the best scenes ever, where she's just trying to like take a shit, and she just refuses to tell him that she needs to take a shit. Oh my god, yes. uh, I loved it I loved it I loved that She just was just like No I'm gonna go all the way To a diner Cause I'm just not gonna Like that's so real
1: Yeah Cause uh, it, it was like At the very beginning You know yeah. Like their second date Or something And she's just not ready To stink up his Small apartment yeah. Which is real Yeah Yeah um, <laughs>
0: But yeah, Zoe, because her performance is so subtle and sweet and honest. And her facial
1: expressions, just her eyes, like what she can do with her eyes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, because, you know, in the in the movie, when she comes to, she's still mad at him. Oh, yeah. And she so after all this time when he's bonded with her parents, her parents defend him. But she's still mad at him. And she's basically like, fuck off. And then like and but the way that that Zoe Kazan performs the the complex emotions that Emily has where you know one part of her wants to see him and is touched by the fact that he's there but she's still angry and hurt and not ready to let him back in. Oh Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, Zoe Kazan is one of the most like underrated and like most ignored actresses of our time, in my opinion. And I just every single time I see her, I'm just like, I remember that she's so great and I don't understand why we don't. (laughs) (laughs) like Why is
1: she not getting more play? yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, she's she's great. And she's gone for, like, huge chunks of this movie. But you don't ever forget about her. You can, like, no. feel her presence, especially scenes in the apartment when um Kumail is there with, you know, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano and they're just, like, looking at her stuff. And, like, he sees a picture of her, like, sees pictures of her and, like, has conversations about, you know, the past in high school and stuff like that. You can feel her. You do. She
1: is the she's i don't want to say the backbone but she's the center of it
0: she's the she's the heart of the film yeah like whether she's on screen or not yeah yeah um and uh, um trying to think i'm trying to think if there's other things to talk about here
1: yeah it's interesting because in some ways because it's a good film there's less not that there's less to say but you know when it's a bad one there's so much to yeah just, when there's like, a bad one there's apart. so much to say but like yeah. here it's just like i'm like well i like
0: this part and i like this like it like it's well written it's well shot it's really it's well well, written. well acted it's just
1: really well done mm-hmm. it's yeah um
0: and and i think it's really important that you know that it, it, it's a good reminder that when your heart is in the right place when you actually want to tell a love story that's about love and not like about pandering to women so that they'll spend their money like when it's really about something
1: yeah it comes off way better oh absolutely i i think that's like that's a really good point yeah it's not it's not just a, it's not about the game it's not about like being good at dating or or sex even it's yeah like
0: you see a movie like valentine's day that valentine's day just means gary marshall wants your money like i'm yeah. sorry like, yeah rest in peace but yeah <laughs> that's what seeing something like that is you know that's what kind of that kind of stuff is it's just like you see like This isn't a rom-com, but, like, it's kind of, like, within the same vein. You see Bad Moms. It's like, this studio wants your money.
1: Oh, yeah. all And you know that you're doing... Like, when you go to that, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're not going to get anything great. You're not
0: going to see a good movie. You're going to see a movie that is written and directed by men that's called Bad Moms. (laughs) Yeah, like,
1: (laughs) you know there's going to be, like, one male stripper. Yep. And, like a Movie where, like, a, a movie, like a scene where one of them takes a shit somewhere, somewhere embarrassing, yeah. And like, and you're everybody's okay with gonna that. get drunk or do drugs, or be, yeah, yeah, it's just somebody's like, gonna almost get arrested, um, yeah, yeah, it's just like, and it's
0: always like that kind of stuff. And it's not like and that kind of stuff can do can be done well, uh, case in point, girls trip, yes, but totally. girls trip is actually you know about something, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it's but yeah, it's. Sometimes when, you know, it's because, you know, rom-coms are known for, like, stuff for women. But The Big Sick is one of the few films where, like, I know men who loved The Big Sick. I know men who went and they got something from it and they enjoyed it. And I think that's really the mark of, like, a good film. Like, if you see When Harry Met Sally, that's not just a film that women like. That's a film that everyone likes. And I feel the same way about The Big Sick and...
1: Yeah, because it's not pandering. It's just telling the truth. And I like the, like, love isn't, I think the, the concept of love is manipulated in a lot of rom-coms. And it's either this holy grail, like, infatuation, perfection ideal of, like, love is this power that will sweep you away. Um, or it's this evil, horrible thing that brings you down Yeah, and, like, manipulates you. And this shows love as it is, which is a textured... Complicated mixture of feelings and decisions. Um and it's like two people who have these feelings for each other that are very deep and they decide to work like basically invest in those feelings. Yeah. It's and, and it's about it's work. It's not easy. And it's it's like it's beautiful, but it's not easy and sometimes it's embarrassing and sometimes it's super painful, but like it's real, and that's why I think this movie does so well. Yeah. Um yeah it's,
0: yeah it's just a really good film, and i it was kind of just like my point to. Talk about this Because I mean It's 2018 now And I want to say That like A really good Rom-com came out In 2017 And
1: Yes exactly You should watch it Yes like, There yeah. is Yeah like There is something More recent than When Harry Met Sally That you can watch That yeah. is good That is this genre
0: Yeah um, And I mean Some of the other films That we mentioned In this episode um, When Harry Met Sally Of course great um, Obvious Child's Great Great yeah um, You know And stuff yeah. that I mentioned Like um, Sleeping with a other people which is a really slept on film wow yeah and I really sleeping with other one. people is is on netflix so just from just a reminder that these good films you know they exist and uh just just so that you start off this year with a good feeling from us before we move into the next episode which uh oh my gosh the next episode we will be talking about maybe the worst rom-com from 2017 the worst one to get a wide release, probably.
1: Yeah, the worst one that actually went to theaters. Yeah. <laughs> um, um,
0: yes. Yeah. yeah. Next. The, yeah.
1: The layover is the name, so yes. you can Google it if you want to. You know, get, directed get by ready. William H. Macy. Yeah, it's. Well, we will talk about it. We'll talk about it next. I have week. a lot of things to say. So. A lot of things about the layover. Um. So. Uh, so ba- basically, see the big sick. Um, yeah. But you know, if you saw it and you don't agree with us. That is completely cool and valid and you should comment and let us know and we can have a conversation or just, you know, follow us and rate us and all that stuff so we can build a, a movie based relationship. Yeah, let's do it. Take it to the next level. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye, guys. Bye.